Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, April the 24th, 2023. So glad that you're on today with us. We, uh, we're continuing our journey through the New Testament, uh, reading it in a year. And so today we, our reading plan leads us to Matthew 27, which is a pretty long chapter uh, as it deals with the uh, death burial or death crucifixion and burial of jesus um so we'll jump into it pretty quick <clears throat> uh so glad you guys are on today hope you had a good weekend um today little scheduling note this week uh, i will be on today obviously i am on today and tomorrow um the rest of the week though i will be out of out of town um so i'll be off um going to a conference with the family ministry staff and so we'll be uh, actually up in Atlanta for a few days. And so we'll not be available to uh, to record the podcast for Wednesday or Thursday. So, uh, But I'll be back on today, tomorrow, um, and we'll finish up Matthew 28 together uh, on tomorrow's podcast. And then, um, yeah, then we'll have to pick it up the following week. Yeah. All right. So glad you guys are on. Matthew 27. Um, Long chapter, 66 verses, but let's dive into it. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today as we open up our hearts uh, and our minds to the Word of God. You never know what's, uh, if the Word is going to speak, um, the relevant Word, this, this, the uh, Spirit will speak to our hearts through the Word. So, yeah, Matthew 27. Thank you guys for liking this and subscribing and sharing it, all that stuff. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people uh, made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So, kind of puts you in the place where we are. Um, pretty well ready to um, see him gone. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he, see, he, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the, high, to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Isn't that interesting? That Judas, who uh, paid to, uh, who got money to betray Jesus, um, when he sees that Jesus is arrested, he is seized with remorse. It makes you wonder what G what Judas <clears throat> perhaps was anticipating through the uh, by turning Jesus over. Um, like, what did he think was going to happen? 
Um, this it seems to suggest that he he in his mind there was a different outcome, and he was seized with remorse, or or just by seeing Jesus, you know, just seeing what he had actually done. I think we've all done that. <clears throat> we say something or do something, and we see the negative impact of what we said or did, and we're like, oh man. You multiply that out by a thousand when you do something like betray Jesus, and he's seized with remorse. And um, so he goes and he tells the, the chief priests and the elders, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Uh, pretty cold words coming here. What is that? <clears throat> Excuse me. What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. This is, to me, this is the uh, pen, penultimate failure of Jewish uh, religion right here in the first century. This was a complete failure of the temple religion. Here a man who is just riddled with guilt and sin goes to the religious leader, the chief priest, and confesses, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. I am a sinner. I Help me, religious establishment. Help me. What do I do? I have blood on my hands. Now listen to those ominous, cold words. What is that to us? Well, it's supposed to be your job. <laughs> I mean, sorry, but uh, it's like that's a, you're a chief priest. But you, but you've cast chief priest in for politician. You're no longer a priest. You're a chief politician, and uh, it's 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 horrible. It is just an indictment on the whole uh, temple system, of which Jesus regularly and vehemently condemned. And now, and you see, I mean, this is a wow. Here's a guy comes. To, with a, a deep spiritual, I have sinned. Help me, please. Help me. What do I do? How do I, how do I get forgiveness? How do I reconnect with God? How do I, how do I, how can I be cleansed? That's not our problem. Wow. <laughs> wow. And so Jews, so uh, Judas threw the money into the temple. That's a to me. That's a very sad, very sad scene to imagine. Just say what a what a tragic figure, right? Judas he throws the money, and you can just kind of visualize it, just kind of just kind of bouncing off the hard temple floor, you know, coins rolling everywhere, and uh, and he left without giving being given any indication of how he could be forgiven. Hmm. In fact, they throw it back. That's your responsibility. Well, no, that's you're supposed to help me. My responsibility is confess my sin. Your responsibility is to help me to understand what to do, where to take it. Uh, the chief priest picked up the coins and said, "It is a." And this is such such hypocrisy here. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, "It is against the law to put this into the treasury." Now it came from the treasury. They paid the dude. It came from the treasure, but you can't put it back. <laughs> oh, man. Since it is blood money. Well, the whole temple system has got blood on its hands, man. So they decided to use the money to buy Potter's Field and 
as a burial place for foreigners. Hmm. That is why it's called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the piece, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Hmm. Isn't that interesting that even God, Jesus is even uh, providing for people through uh, his betrayal. <laughs> the money that was used to betray him actually goes to help foreigners. Hmm. That's just... Uh, that's the grace and compassion of God over and over and over. Verse 11, Meanwhile, Jesus stood up before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply. Not even a single, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Hmm. Jesus isn't trying to, you know, defend himself. He's not trying to uh, defend what he's done or defend who he is. <clears throat> he's not pleading his case. He feels like uh, it seems like he's like enough evidence is on the table. Enough has been said. Enough has been done. Um, it will be what it will be. You know, you ever, sometimes you just get to that place in situations, right? Like, I don't know. There's nothing else to be said here. There's nothing else to be done here. I don't think there's a magic formula that's going to change anything at this point. Um, and sometimes you just you just have to re resign yourself to the fact that you just got to continue to move forward. And what's going to be is going to be. And that's what Jesus is. He's like, he's done. He's, it's, it's, he knows that it's going to make very little difference at this point what he says or does. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. So Pilate says, hey, I got an idea. Because Pilate doesn't really see a real ultimate guilt in Jesus, at least not worthy of death. <clears throat> and so he says, hey, I got an idea. During the festival, during the Passover, we have this custom where uh, we let the people, we let the crowd decide um, who they'd like to set free. That is a goodwill, right? Which of your people would you like us to set free? And uh, so Pilate is thinking, sure, I mean, Jesus is the obvious choice. I mean, you're not going to let this this known uh, insurrectionist go. Any of these other criminals, these known criminals and, you know, murderers, they're not going to let them go. I mean, Jesus is ob the obvious choice. He hasn't hurt anyone. He hasn't uh, hurt anything, any property. He's uh, surely he's the choice that the people will make. So at that time, they had a well-known uh, prisoner named Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked him, which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. So... Uh, Matthew is letting us know that Pilate knew that this was just the Jews were just doing this, Jewish leaders were just doing this out of self-interest, that Jesus had not really done anything wrong. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. 
don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Pilate's wife has a dream um, showing her, don't, Jesus is innocent. Don't, do not put a hand on him. <clears throat> but the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and, and to have Jesus executed. So the chief priests were walking through the crowd, say, say Barabbas, or say, say Jesus of Nazareth, say Jesus, say Jesus the Messiah, or in this case, who they want released. Uh, say you want Barabbas lit released. Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. So which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. They're like, I can't believe we just said that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This guy's horrible. Um, and Barabbas was released. Here's the thing, guys. We are all Barabbas. See, Barabbas was convicted and on trial and ready to be executed because he deserved it. And so do we. We've all sinned. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And um, we're, we, we, you, and, you and me, we, we are Barabbas. And the crowd let Barabbas, Barabbas was released and what Jesus took his place. Jesus took your place. The innocent for the uh, guilty. It's a beautiful image of atonement. That Jesus, the uh, sinless Son of God, takes the place of the guilty uh, offender who is set free. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. No, no, we don't don't, <laughs> don't bother us with the details. Just, or, you know, forget that. Just crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead the uproar was start, but, but instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, which is a way of saying I wash my hands of this, um, of this, uh, washing the blood off my hands. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. Well, that sounds fun. That sounds interesting. That's exactly what the uh, chief priest said to Judas about his sin. It's your responsibility. And now here Pilate is, it just sent this man to be executed. Now he's saying, it's not my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Everybody's passing responsibility. <laughs> Pilate, no, you have control here. You actually can do something about this. Yeah. There's gonna, no, there will be no execution in Rome without Pilate's endorsement. So we often say, we often talk about the, the Jews crucified Jesus, but really it was a, it was, they all did. It was the Jews and the G Gentiles together. They, they were all guilty. Pilate, they, the Jews did not have power to execute anyone without Rome's approval. So Pilate, yes, it is your, it's your ultimate responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. 
and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. This right here, this is um, in a strange twist of irony. This is a coronation service. Like, not like anyone had imagined, but this is the coronation of a king. Um, Jesus is being is moving from um, from rabbi and uh, teacher uh, to king. Uh, this is King Jesus right here being coronated, and so they put a robe on him, and in a strange sort of irony. They put a crown of thorns on his head, and they put a staff, a scepter, as it were, in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. This is the coronation service. They spit on him, not, not what would normally be expected. <laughs> they spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which, by the way, uh, we'll talk about this other places, but in Rome, when you look at the list of names of people in the church in Rome, one of the uh, the the children, the descendants, a, I think it was a son, a son of Simon is actually one of the believers in the church uh, in Rome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's like, who are you? Well, you're not going to believe this, but my dad actually carried Jesus' cross. Okay, well, you, yeah, welcome. <laughs> that That counts. <laughs> Yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, mm, yeah. Well, that's yeah. That counts. That's that's something there. Yeah, you're right. I didn't never. I didn't know that. Wow. Um. So anyway, but uh, Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They it was called place of the skull because the the, the structure of the the hills actually looked like a human skull. So, um. It's ironic that it's also a place where people were, you know, killed. <laughs> but the this place of the skull is because the, the mountain configuration, the hill configuration, kind of looked like a human skull. They offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Hmm. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head... They placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. It's true. It's true. It was meant as a charge. It was meant as his, uh, his violation, but it actually was a statement of reality. This is Jesus. He is the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, 
You are, go you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Come down from the cross. If you are the Son of God, in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. <clears throat> He's choosing not to save himself. Um, come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the others mocked him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. He, he's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. He's going to come down. He's going to come down in about three days. We're going to see what you believe. <laughs> anyway, um, he trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. So let him save himself. Or if he's the Son of God, let God save him. See, the thing is, Jesus dealt with this from the very beginning. He dealt that dealt with that in the wilderness. He had laid down his will for God's will in the wilderness, the beginning of his ministry. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults at him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. It's the first lines of Psalm 22. <clears throat> when, some, when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine and vinegar to put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs were broken open. The bodies of holy, pe holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Matthew's the only gospel that records that actual thing there about people coming up out of their graves. Matthew's the only one that records that. It's just a very interesting thing. I don't I mean it is what it is. <laughs> the dead come to life. Holy people rise literally rise from the grave. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and, mother, and the mother of the Zebedee's sons, which is James and John. <clears throat> As evening approached, there, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for the body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb. It's really interesting. The, um, the, 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 the wording here is very similar to the birth of Jesus, where it says, uh, about a newborn baby. Um, they took the baby, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. 
that very interesting phraseology parallels this here. They took the body, they wrapped him in clean linen, and they placed him in a tomb. They took the baby, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Here they take the body, wrap him in linen, and place him in a tomb. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after the preparation day, the chief priest and the and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. All right, so they know that he talked about that. They are aware of the fact that he, he predicted his resurrection. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. So, <clears throat> again, another incredible validation for the, the historicity of the resurrection. The officials knew of the threat. So they were prepared. They, they put extra measures in place to prevent some sort of uh, shady or secret sort of uh, removal of the body because they were aware of the threat. It's one thing not to know, know, have any idea about the threat. They were surprised. No, they knew going in. This is, he'd talked about this. So they said, um, so give the order uh, to the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception would be worse than the first. So if they, if they can, you know, we want to prevent them from stealing the body and telling everybody that he's alive, that, would be, that deception would be worse than the deception that he was king of the Jews. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go to the, uh, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. And Rome knew how to secure things. <laughs> so they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on it, a seal on the stone, and posting the guard. Hmm. Incredible. All right. Well, that's wraps up twenty-seven. Tomorrow we'll have to uh, we read the the rest of the story. So thank you guys so much for being on. I uh, hope the word of the Lord spoke to you today. Hope it was encouraging to you. Hope maybe you learned something or uh, something new uh, spoke to your heart. So so glad that you guys took the time on this Monday morning uh, to spend some time in the Word of God. It's awesome. All right, you guys, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, the reminder of the sacrifice of the Lord. We thank you for loving us, for dying in our place. We recognize, Lord, that in so many ways we are Barabbas. And uh, you, you took our penalty. You took our shame so that we could be free. Thank you, Lord, that you are the king of the Jews, that you are the king of the world. Uh, that you are king of our lives. And so we say again today, hail King Jesus. Help us today to love you and to serve you and to honor you as our rightful king. Help us to bring glory to your name. Lord, I pray for my friends. pray you'd bless them and encourage them, strengthen them, whether they're on the podcast or on the Facebook feed, wherever they are today, whether they're at home or in the car or traveling, preparing for appointments, whatever is going on in their lives, Lord, you know exactly what it is. May you encourage and strengthen and bless that each person know of your great love today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. You guys are awesome. 
Appreciate you taking the time to spend a few minutes in the Word of God. I pray that this passage from Matthew 27 encourages your heart, makes you love Jesus even more. It's always a good reminder uh, of the price He paid for us. Thank you for liking this, subscribing to it, sharing it. Really appreciate that. Thank you for uh, on the podcast for leaving a comment, for rating it if you listen to it on Apple or some of the uh, podcast platforms where you're able to leave a comment and rate the uh, podcast. Appreciate that. All right, you guys have a fantastic Monday. We'll see you tomorrow morning, same time, if I don't see you before. God bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.